Okay, so, okay, Leanne, welcome back yep. to Fear the Podcast. Thanks um, for having me again. <laughs> you, <yeah>. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thanks for having me again. You're welcome. Um, see, this time around, we're going to have a, a follow-up to our very early on episode of where you sort of pretty much only recently discovered your breast cancer analysis yeah. and the planned treatment yeah so let's have a discussion and see where where we left last time was you you decided that you were going for double double mastectomy yeah um your tumors were larger than they originally suspected hence the mastectomy option yeah um and so since since we last spoke then what what happened after that um so I obviously had my double mastectomy on the 19th of November. Yeah. Um, I then obviously from that, they take like lymph nodes at the same time. You have to have like blue dye so they can find sort of the first two that would catch the cancerous cells. Yeah. As they're in like a bit of a, like a level sort of thing. Um, and then they take those lymph nodes and they test them. You have to wait like two weeks after that to then obviously find out if the cancer's spread at all. Yeah. Um, and then so I went in for a meeting. That was my two weeks after my operation, which is obviously where I found out that my lymph nodes that they took were positive. And yeah. so I still had cancer and I needed to have chemotherapy, radiotherapy, um, and another operation so I've had I've had the other operation I've had all my chemo I'm about to go through my radiotherapy um and yeah I'm I'm I don't know yeah you try to jump ahead then you just like let's get this meeting done in 10 seconds (laughs) (laughs) give you all the updates right now yeah yeah well I didn't know you said where was we at so I didn't want to go fully into detail because otherwise you'll have you won't have a podcast won't have a, won't have a discussion to have will we no, no. i've had chemo i've had radiotherapy goodbye bye see you later done <laughs> um you know all that jazz bye yeah. thank you for having me so, yeah. <laughs> all right so the with the the double mastectomy then can you yeah. go over how that like the procedure for that like how it mm-hmm. felt waking up restless um yeah yeah um so obviously again it was pretty crap because of covid you're not allowed anybody with you yeah so obviously uh anthony just had to drop me off at the doors with my suitcase um i went in i think i was one of the first people to go down and before you go down you have like the breast care nurse come and talk to you um they're really there just to make sure that mentally you're okay yeah. So she'd go through everything with me. And then, yeah, then I went down, was put to sleep. And then I woke up in, obviously, the recovery room. And I'd already made the decision that I didn't want to look at my chest straight away. I wanted to do that in my own, in my own time. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, when I was in the recovery room, the nurse just lifted up my gown and said, you need to look at your... Um, incisions yeah just just showed me um oh, i'm 
so sorry. It's such no sh- but, um, I don't know, like waking up like that, I was fine. I was so like, oh, I took pictures and sent them all to you guys. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm fine. Um, it's a bit of a odd, an odd feeling to wake up with like nothing there. Yeah. And yeah, obviously everything that goes through your head and, but in my head at that point, I was like, right, cancer's gone. Like, I don't care. Um, it was more the week after, I think, when it sort of hit me because I had to take off my dressings. dressings. Yeah. And while I had the dressings on, you know, I didn't really look like I was breathless. I looked flat chested, but yeah. no, I hadn't seen myself without nipples or, or what the incisions looked like or anything. So I think I went round to my mum's house to see my little sister with with my husband and she sort of just held my hand while Anthony took them off and I was so scared to like look at myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then obviously I just said to my little sister, I said, does it look all right? And she said, yeah, like it's really neat. And, you know, she said, it doesn't look bad at all. It looks really good. He's done a really good job. And at that point when I looked down, like that was then like oh okay it wasn't as bad as I thought it was gonna be yeah um yeah but it's it it's bizarre but it wasn't as bad as I thought in my head it was gonna be yeah if that makes sense it was just that oh taking them off and seeing it for the first time was like how's everyone gonna look at me and yeah uh, well at least was- people you, you know will now be looking in your eyes when they talk to you rather than your chest. <laughs> I'm sorry. Eyes up here. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I had massive boobs before. Like, everyone would notice my big boobs, but I don't know. I said, I didn't like them, but yeah. I didn't want to get rid of them. With the, like, being under, being asleep, do you... Mm. You did you like dream or anything? Do you feel anything? Because I've never been put to sleep for anything. I don't. What? I've never been put to sleep for anything. I've never had any surgery. I'm, I'm, oh, indes- okay. I'm an indestructible human being. We know this. <laughs> um, no, I think I don't know if I did dream. I think you just feel like you are having the best sleep. Yeah. And then when you wake up, you're like, oh crap, yeah, that's what I was having done. That's why I was asleep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's just, you just feel super relaxed. I can't yeah. remember. I can't remember if I dreamt. See, in parts of my mind, it feels like you'd be like the the guy they're doing pranks on while he's asleep and drunk, like putting foam on him. So you sort of feel things happening. Like, <laughs> no. Yeah. You cannot like, feel a thing. No. It's like going to, going to sleep part is the worst. Like, because obviously they have to put a cannula in your arm. And I think yeah. they couldn't get it in. They couldn't get it in my hands. Then they tried in my forearm. They tried my elbow and everything. Yeah. It that, like there, I'm sat like, oh god, yeah, just yeah. knock me out, please. <laughs> um, and then obviously you have to count down, and you're like having to hold the the mask by yourself. And I think I think, oh god, I'm gonna look like a right swat. And then you just dead, gone. Yeah, yeah. And when you come round, do you, do you know if you come round quick or is it like uh, slowly? Oh, no. Yeah, it's definitely slowly. Like you're sort of in and out of sleep, I think. And 
I don't know why, because I didn't have it on my pre- on my next operation, but I woke up and I was just shaking, like yeah. crazy. Like, so they had to put this big tube in the bed that was just pumped heat into the bed. Oh, okay. Um, I was just, yeah, just shaking. I don't know why. I don't know why. And there was only one nurse in there and she didn't, it sounds horrible, but she didn't really seem very attentive, you know, like for what I had just had done. Yeah. It was very just like, well, like, and I was just, I led there a bit like, oh, what the hell is going on? Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's weird. It's weird coming around just, yeah. And sometimes you say stupid stuff as well. I don't think I did that time, but. <laughs> okay. So, so then how long did you have uh, post-surgery first time round before you had to start the next like, rounds of treatment and stuff? So surgery was on the 19th of November. And then I found out I needed chemo. When was it? The 7th of December, I think it was. Right. Um, so they said, oh, we'll give you Christmas. You can start after then. So then I started chemotherapy on the 16th of January. Yeah. What is it sort of between those two points then? Did you have any like majorly low days or anything or you sort of managed to remain kind of upbeat or? Um, no, I definitely did have low days oh god i didn't want to cry this whole thing it's gonna happen (laughs) i know i know um you know like i'd go around to my mum's and i'd just cry and be like look what if it doesn't work what's the point in going through all of this shit if it doesn't work in the end and i'm just gonna die anyway yeah um and like i don't know losing my hair and everything I thought great I've already lost my boobs now I'm losing my hair like everything you think it can do to you and is it actually working has it gone anywhere else and I know like you know I looked to my family for support all the time because I just I'd have days where I just cried I just didn't want to I didn't want to be doing it like and why me but you know you say why me but it's like why not you (laughs) Yeah. It can happen to anybody. So, yeah, <clears throat> I've had low days, but in front of people like who are not my family, no, I've just put on a brave face and crapped on with it. Yeah. How does it feel like putting on a brave face and pretending? Uh, hard. Yeah. Like, because everyone just thinks that you're okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously people who know me know that I wasn't okay um I don't I don't know I just felt like I had to well even now like I have to put on a brave face because you know that's just who I am like I don't want to be seen as this person who's like oh shit I've got cancer like I'm breaking all the time I've got three kids and a husband and everything like I didn't feel like I could I didn't feel like I could break yeah but I think as well that's probably all started because when I found out I was by myself and I just had to do like 
yeah the hospital people weren't the people that I wanted to break down around so yeah from that point on I just you know what could I do about it <clears throat> and you've um so obviously this whole pretty much this whole journey you've been trying to obviously document it and display it on social media as well um, yeah trying to give out as much information as you can about your processes you're going through and um, yeah being open and honest how, how have you found that um you found that a bit of a chore at times or mm. oh god yeah like I don't know, I felt like people sort of expected me to put everything on there and sometimes I just wouldn't want to, I just wouldn't want to do it. But as well, I had people messaging me, you know, who had recently found out that they had it as well. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they were asking me questions and checking in and then other people who were worried that they'd found a lump and I was able to be there for them, like they could ask me questions so that was quite nice. Yeah. Um, and sometimes when I'd sort of go a bit quiet, I would have messages saying, oh, are you okay? I haven't seen any videos. And then I'm like, oh, great. Like, I've got to, got to put something on. And I, I don't know. At times I wanted to stop doing it, but then I wouldn't have achieved what I wanted to, what I wanted to do if I'd have just given it up. Yeah. Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? With the, say, for me, like everything with social media last year took a big dive, a lot of say a lot of negativity. Um, mm. I didn't want to be involved in it, and I assume, well, I'm aware obviously that you got dealt with some negativity uh, on social media as well. Uh, people denying your illness, which is uh, yeah, helpful. <laughs> um, yeah, and the thing is, like, I don't, I don't quite get how. I know there are people who pretend. Do you know what I mean? But you can see a truth in the way, you know, in the way you speak and the way you present, you know, it's not, it's not like, Oh, well, it's me. Oh, you know, yeah. uh, we've been gifted this to go to Disneyland because I'm not going to survive. Yeah. No, you know, you could, you could see that there was real, you know, you're not an actress. No, there's real emotion and there's real feeling in, in the things that you were you were putting out, uh, yeah. and to all of those of you dirty little naysayers on social media, you know that the effect that that can obviously have, I assume, on on yourself and to the, those other people that you know, uh, people doubt, deny, and bully and down tread to. It's not. Mm. It's, well, I think some people, you know, they can't well they wouldn't want to share their journey or anything like that because you've got trolls on there putting you down about it you know I've been told I look pregnant or like just stupid things like that and that oh you're not ill and I'm yeah. like oh yeah I've just chopped off my boobs and shaved off all my hair for no reason yeah but some people can't deal with it the way I think that I can yeah um Obviously, probably behind closed doors, I don't deal with it as well as I would show. But as well, like, what kind of low life could you be? And the problem is, it's not just me, obviously, with cancer that they do it to. There are so many trolls, like, slagging off people's bodies, the way they look, their, their family, you know. It is just such a horrible world to be in I think like yeah. 
because behind a computer screen, these people can just say really horrible things. And I've seen so many people cry and say on like TikTok and things, and they're like, I've got to leave because they've just brought them so down. Yeah. It's awful. Yeah, it's, it's always one of them things isn't it, with, with bullying is them having that power to break someone and to make them quit. That's that's where they feel their strength, isn't it? You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and again, with a lot of bullying is people quite frequently struggling in their own lives, isn't it? Um, yeah. You know, and having their own issues, but yeah, and that's their way of sort of sort of or reaching out or shouting out or whatever. It's obviously it's mm. not a good way of doing things. It's not helpful to anyone. No. Feel, you know, obviously feel that they they're faultless and they can't be touched and all that kind of thing. Because like you said, there's that massive barrier. There's no physical mm-hmm. interaction really. It's just words. No, a lot of them, you know, they've got no profile picture, yeah. no real details. They've got no content of themselves. Like no. I think last year before my cancer diagnosis, like I, um, I was doing like these fitness videos where I was trying to go out on walks and I was doing a, a bit of, you know, like a fitness video and I'd be sweating like crazy. And I do videos right then and there, like, so the emotion's real or, you know, me absolutely dripping with sweat. Yeah. You know, I have just worked out, not just saying, oh, yeah, I did a workout this morning. Like you can see I've done it. But then I had this one person called me unfit. Yeah. And I was like, well, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that's why i'm doing exercise to get fitter yeah like i'm not doing it because i'm fit you absolute plank like <laughs> and then on every video he was like oh when's the baby due yeah and i was like oh i actually had a nine months ago but thanks for noticing yeah like i just people are horrible really horrible yeah it winds me out yeah and so you'd be you know it could be the period of your lowest mental state and physical feeling and your your appearance and everything and now you know you want to get people want to downtread you even even more more yeah which is lovely um some really really wonderful people in the world thank you very much (laughs) thank you very much for reaching out to my sister and uh making her feel amazing about herself um so the with then your chemotherapy yeah how how does that work how does it make you feel um how long does it take all those kind of things I again it's not something I'm not, yeah not, it makes you feel rough but I'm... yeah loads of like different <clears throat> there's so many different types of chemotherapy to target each different type of of cancer um all of which can take different times so obviously yeah. for me it could be completely different to somebody else but so for me I think the first time I went in there I had a cannula put into was it my hand no it wasn't it was my like elbow um and because I had something called EC um I can't remember the full word of it but so they have two massive red syringes like they're really fat and the nurse would sit there and push it in to the cannula really slowly um and that was the like E part of it and then you have one that was clear which was the C part of it yeah um so yeah I had three of those all three weeks three weekly intervals um but yeah that took I'd probably say I was there for about three hours 
yeah. with that one. Um, and so first of all, they give you um, steroids to take and then it's like a saline solution and then they put the chemotherapy into you. So while I was having chemotherapy, like at the hospital, I felt fine. And like I came home, I drove to my mum's because she had my children um, and I was picking up the kids and I was, no, I wasn't. I was dropping them off. I don't know what I was doing, but I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm absolutely fine. Like, I feel really good, blah, blah, blah. And then it was about two hours after I was starting to talk funny. Right. My speech was just going and I was so tired that I just, I was like, I had to drive home and I just had to go to bed. Yeah. Um, I felt really, really tired, really sick. Um. It was like I had the flu, but like 10 times worse. Um, and also I felt like I was either going to be sick. I was going to shit my pants. Like, sorry. I couldn't figure out what on earth was wrong. And then probably for three days, I was probably just in bed crying, thinking I was going to be sick. Um, I never was. I never was sick and eating food would make me feel instantly better. Right. So I'd find like I'd eat a lot and the side effects really only lasted like a week. And then I had two weeks until my next one where I felt really good. Yeah. Um, until sort of they changed my, they changed my chemo. So I had three EC and then I had three Dr. Tosal. Um, where doxytocin is sort of like it, it gives you different side effects. Yeah. So with that one, like I was fine for about three days after, and I was like, "Oh, I've lost this." Um. Obviously, with it, EC, any chemotherapy, your immune system is sort of like yeah. really low. Yeah. Yeah. So I used to have to have these injections in my stomach every day. They sort of like build up your immunity. Um, they were every day for the week afterwards. Um, and then, so yeah, when I had the doxotosal, doxotosal hurts your like bones and your joints and right. things. So like your body just aches, but then these injections also do that. Right. Okay. So then you have double, like double whammy of you hurting. I think the first time I had it, I'd been taking the injections for about three days and every day it was so painful. And then one morning I woke up and I just, I couldn't walk. Right. My back was in such pain. It wasn't the morning, it was the night, sorry. I couldn't sleep or anything. I just, every time I tried to move, my back went into spasm. Um, I ended up going to hospital, I think, because I had like a temperature and, and then I needed diazepam and things to relax my muscles, which did work luckily. And on the last two doxotosal, I didn't have to take the injections. They sort of reduced, because they can reduce your chemo. Um, and they was giving me the full whack. So they reduced it to 80%, which then meant I didn't have to have the injections and my side effects were worse. But with doxotosal, you also get like mouth ulcers. Right. So I had, my tongue was covered in ulcers all down my throat. 
like they give you mouthwash to use which does help a bit um but yeah I was taken into hospital because I then had a throat infection um so I was put on antibiotics your fingernails um start like falling off they start mm-hmm. lifting yeah your skin goes really really dry um yeah and that one sort of took it out of me a bit more I didn't I didn't just after a week come back to myself like just every time it just drained me and drains me again yeah. and I still don't I still don't think I'm fully recovered from that from the doxotocel yeah the um <clears throat> did you end up losing your fingernails did you no so they all sort of lifted and then I was told to cut them really short so cut them as short as you can get them so that they don't knock on anything yeah um and I was given like some nail oils and stuff which I used and I made sure my fingernails were short so I didn't lose any but I do know of people who have and I even though they finished chemo before me they're still losing nails now right um so yeah it can happen but I was really really careful with mine hopefully I don't lose any in the future they grow back now I, I don't know I think so I don't know. I've never losing lost. Losing a, you've never lost a finger now. No. Have you not? No. I've lost a bunch. Toe nails, finger nails. One of mine's got like uh, uh, this one. It's got a line up it. You're not going to see it from there. But it's got no. a perm- permanent line up it. There's one little bit that's thicker than the rest. And it's probably no. showing it in the car door. I think. Ouch. Yeah. See mine. They've got like white lines going across them like this. Mm-hmm where you can see where I had the chemotherapy. Right, okay. Uh, which is bizarre. And that's starting to grow out now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, oh, and losing your hair, that happened as well. See, that was about to be the question. So how long after your first like chemo did that start? And how did like you notice it? Um, A week I think it was a week after. No, it wasn't. It was two weeks after because I was surprised that it hadn't started falling out. Yeah. Then I was just sort of brushing it and more and more strands were coming out. You know, like normally on a day-to-day basis, you know, bits of hair come out. But this was like a bit more. And if I'd like run my hands through it, I'd get hair on my hands. Yeah. Yes, that's how I noticed. And how did that make you feel? Um, I was all right at the time. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I expected it. Had the build up, been expected it, yeah. 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 And obviously not to be crude, but literally my pubes were falling out in chunks. <laughs> Absolute chunks. Cause I decided I'm so sorry if this is too much for your little station. But I decided don't shave don't shave it. I want to see like I wanted to see how everything yeah worked yeah. yeah um but literally i could pull it out in clumps and that was the first hair to go yeah yeah and then obviously <clears throat> my hair we shaved it off that night yeah now, how, how have you been dealing with that uh, the lack of hair all right like it was emotional obviously losing my hair but it's only hair it grows yeah. back yeah um I think it was when I had to shave it 
properly because you know it was it was falling out I felt like a like a dog you know you know if a man sort of cuts their hair and then you go all itchy yeah 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 that's how it was making me feel so I just had to do a number one sure. all over and and that that hit me hard yeah yeah what's been your favorite head covering uh probably my wig that's like darker hair and it's got a fringe and it, then it goes blonde like curly I never yeah. realized how I suited the beard. <clears throat> yeah. yeah so I prayed to everyone please let my hair come back blonde <laughs> yeah it's not gonna happen no no natural ginger ginger oh, yeah. through through and through through and through yeah <laughs> And how long how long will you keep wearing like head coverings for? I don't, I don't really wear one now. It's too hot. Yeah. Um obviously for everyone who knows me, I'm now going through the menopause because they've done all that to me as well. Um, so I have hot flushes, which are absolutely great. So wearing a wig in this heat and having hot flushes just it ain't the one. And even wearing these, like my hair's actually come back quite a lot. Yeah. Um, so I don't really wear them that often. If it's real sunny, I'll wear one to protect my head. Um, the, old, the old ginger suntan. Yeah, yeah. Stay away from that one. But then I end up having like a triangular tan. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't think I'll wear them much longer. Yeah. Okay, so you've had a bunch of chemothera chemotherapy. All that is yeah. done. How long ago did that end? Uh, my last one was on the 30th of April. And then post-chemotherapy, you had to go for further surgeries. Yeah, <laughs> as well. So most people won't realise that after obviously chemo, you know, you get everyone like, oh, that's fantastic. You know, you're done, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, uh, no I'm not yeah um so on my last chemo because I have to have my uh ovaries shut down by something called Zolodex which is a pellet put in my stomach so I had to have that put in on my last chemo into my stomach and also a um xylotronic acid drip yeah which is like it makes your bones go really really hard okay uh, it's all to prevent like the cancer coming back in your bones because with breast cancer, the most places it will come back is your bones, your lungs, your brain, and something else. I can't remember. Um, so yeah, like it comes back all those places. So they sort of make your bones strong. I don't know if your ovaries do something to your bones so that's sort of replacing it. Yeah. So every six months I have to go into hospital to have this drip done for two years. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I have to take calcium tablets because of it every day. And that's what put me into menopause. And then another tablet for 10 years that puts me into menopause and obviously the surgery. Yeah, the whole 10-year tablet thing is sort of baffling to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously, you know, you're going to do it. It's something you need to do, but you just, you just take this for the next 10 years. Oh, thank you yeah. very much. It's all preventative. Stop it coming back. And like the yeah. list of side effects are huge. Yeah. But 
like what I would say to anybody who's about to go through them because I was so worried that I was going to get every side effect um and to be honest I've hardly had any apart from the hot flashes and I might be a mood bitch every now and again <laughs> yeah. yeah but that's about it so, so what, what was the the surgery for then now that the, the last surgery so obviously for people who've been following my story on Facebook they would have seen that I had like dog ears left from the double mastectomy which is yeah. like extra extra skin at the side so I had a revision on those yeah that they've taken those off and I also had a full auxiliary clearance on my right hand side right so they take all of your lymph nodes basically yeah. from under your arm and then test them that's what I had done just just on the one side yeah because on my left side I didn't have cancer right okay reason I wanted a double was preventative measure. I did not want it coming back in that breast. Yeah. I just wanted it gone. No. Um, so because I didn't have cancer in that side, they didn't need to test the lymph nodes. You're playing a xylophone in the background there. No, it was my phone. Oh, it was my radio. <laughs> Ding. <laughs> oh, that's my phone. You just got a little xylophone out of sight. Ding. Ding. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh. Unfortunately, I don't own a xylophone. No? Mm -mm. no? Not even with the kids? Kids don't have a xylophone? Oh, wait, I've just realised what a xylophone is. Yes, I do have a xylophone. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think a xylophone was? You know, like a... Oh, oh. One of them. <laughs> you know, one of them. An accordion. Accordion, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's not a xylophone. <laughs> did, did that sound, sound anything and like... An accordion? No, no it sounded like no. a xylophone, like right? Like a triangle. Or a triangle. Yeah. A xylophone. Yeah. So what was the, the, so with your last surgery then, was there a, like a, a recovery period for that in the hospital? Or did you sort of... No, in, I was out the same day. Out same day. Yeah. Okay. So, so now you, you've had your original surgery, double mastectomy. Mm-hmm been through weeks of chemotherapy two different types yeah i've got constant medication for the next 10 years mm -hmm. you've all your hair's fallen out yeah now, now growing back you've had a further surgery to remove the remaining lymph nodes on your left hand side right and, hand side. right hand side yeah yeah I'm, I'm looking at you it's your left to me right now. yeah 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 even though i'm just super forgetful yeah that could be the case i'm super forgetful <laughs> Um, but yeah, in taking those lymph nodes out, then they they look at those to check for any further cancer Can in the rest of them. Yeah, and your results from that state what? Um, so I'm now cancer free. So basically, <laughs> I they took out thirty lymph nodes. Yep. Um, there was one lymph node there that had cancer yeah and that was um killed off by the chemo right okay. so like it wasn't active if that makes sense yeah um so yeah they can quite confidently say it hasn't gone anywhere else and it's the chemo's done its job and it's gone superb and yeah. what, how, how was that news for you and the family so emotional yeah yeah um it was it was amazing on the day like I was 
you know, he was explaining everything to me, my oncologist, and um, he said, oh, you've got any questions? And I said, the only question I want to ask is, can I tell my family I'm cancer-free? Yeah. And he said, in our eyes, yes, you can. <clears throat> um, and I just, I just broke down. Yeah. Like, everyone's seen the video. I did that as soon as I got off the phone because it was so raw and, like, it was then in that moment I wanted to remember that emotion. That feeling, yeah. That makes sense. Like, every time I look back at my videos, that the emotion from that day just comes back. Um, but, yeah, it was amazing. And I just wrung everybody and cried my eyes out. Yeah, it was yeah. brilliant. I think my husband walked in the door because um, he told me, don't tell him anything at work, obviously, just in case it was bad news. Yeah. Um, and he walked through the door, and I think we both just cried and had a massive hug, and yeah, yeah, it was it was amazing, amazing. So, <clears throat> so as far as they're concerned, do they have to do any like further investigations at all, or that that, that no. done now? You yeah, got... <clears throat> in the, in their eyes, they've given me you know really strong chemotherapy and everything, and the lymph nodes showing that it completely killed that. Yeah, then. No, there's no other test. If, say, if um, four or more lymph nodes had have come back to show that they had cancer and it had been killed off, then they would have given me a full body scan. Yeah. The likelihood then that it could have gone further because your lymph nodes are what fights the diseases. Yeah. But it also passes it through your body. Right. So they're what move it around the body so if it was four or more they would have checked my whole body yeah um but luckily it was only one superb so then and now it's just a case of watching allowing your hair to grow back feeling yeah. better and yeah. amazing uh you obviously got a uh breast reconstruction what well, not planned but that's yeah the plan yeah um and in terms of you getting that done the doctors have told you that you, you've got to get to a certain BMI right. and all sorts of name. yeah yeah so before coronavirus you the BMI like bracket was about 34 right um and when I had my mastectomy I was BMI was 34 right okay so I would have then been able to have immediate reconstruction right but because of coronavirus they put the bmi bracket down to 30 okay so now after going through chemo which made me put on a lot of weight like due to steroids and the fact that when i felt sick i just ate because yeah. they said to me that's what works for you just do it you just need to get through this like so yeah i just ate and um so now i think my bmi is like 36 yeah so I have to get, I have to lose three stone, I think, um, to get to 11 stone for my BMI to be 30, to be allowed reconstruction. Yeah. Um, but also they won't touch me within 12 weeks of having radio, at uh, 12 months, sorry, of having radiotherapy. Yeah. Um, so I know at least I have to wait 12 months yeah. and I have 12 months to get my weight down to the BMI of 30, of 30. Yeah. When does radiotherapy start? Uh, the 20th of June. July, oh, sorry. 
was going to say we've blown past that. <laughs> yeah, no, 20th of July. Originally, I was told I'd have to have three weeks of it. Yeah. Um, I've now only got to have one week. Oh, okay. Breast therapy, um, which is because I have no breast tissue, I think. So right. studies showed or something that um, people who have three weeks and people who have one week, they get the same results. Right. Okay. So there's no point putting me through three weeks when I'll yeah. get the same results with one. Is that every day? Yeah, every, every day, day for five days. So up at a hospital. Yeah. Therapy. Yeah. Just to go up there every day and then come back again. Yeah. Wow. Lovely. Yeah. It's wonderful. But you know, but that, you know. it's what it is. Yep. Yeah. You no, know, it prevents it it prevents it coming back. It's not to say it can't come back. Yeah. Um, but they're all preventative measures now and I'll take whatever I've got to do for it not to come back. Yeah. Do you think do you think these um like we've spread in your message and, and stuff on on Instagram and and TikTok and stuff, you think it's had a positive effect on a good number of people? Um, I hope so. Probably not as many people as I wanted to reach, you know. Um yeah, and I don't know why that hasn't happened, you know, like why there's not it hasn't gone to more people. Um, but to the people it has, you know, I do have a good response. I have, and I've also got so much support from it as well. Yes. Like on TikTok, I've made so many friends who are going through exactly the same thing or have been through exactly the same thing. And it's like, we're all this big community and they, you know, they do comment and they message me and it, that's been amazing. Um, but then there's still loads of people out there who probably haven't seen it. And all I've ever wanted to do is like, I don't know, it's a bit stupid because everybody's situation, you know, it is their own situation, but there is people you can talk to and it's, you know, you can get through it. It's not as hard. It is hard. It's not as hard as you may think. Like, and I think people don't realize they're a lot stronger than they think they are. Yeah. I have so many people say to me, Oh, I, I couldn't be as strong as you. I couldn't do that. And it's like, yeah, you could. You don't know until you're in that situation. Yeah. And I just wanted to show people, you know, it is okay to talk to people. It's okay to ask questions or it's all right to have your down days and things. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I've reached as many people as I would have wanted to. But what I have done, I hope it's had a positive reaction. Did you have a, like a contact number or anything for advice or like support whilst you were going through it just to call up um, and offload? Yeah. I think you have like, you do have the Macmillan yeah. people who are there. Um, there's a place at our hospital called Maggie's. You can, you know, you can talk to them. I don't personally feel that with COVID it, hasn't probably been as personal as it could yeah you know I've struggled sometimes to figure out who who do I contact you know I've emailed the GP I've emailed my oncology nurse and the breast care nurse because I just don't know who to who to ask the questions to yeah <clears throat> um but I do know there's people out there and since finding out I'm cancer free I have been offered like counseling yeah um, through the hospital now so just waiting on that really yeah was that like a personal meeting is it or is it 
telephone stuff again? Um, no, I think it's a personal meeting up at the hospital. It starts off yeah. as emails, but I think it will be face to face. Good stuff. Yeah. So how are you feeling generally now? It's looking positive towards the future and um yeah, I still have really down days and I had one the other week and I just I think it was last week actually and I just cried and cried and cried and I think my best mate she just turned up and she just like held me um because so many people were like yeah you're cancer free like it's so it's so good like it's good news and I'd see everyone and be like yeah you must be so happy and I'm like it's not over I'm yeah. still recovering from my operation yeah um, I still have days where I feel like my husband doesn't look at me like you know that I'm not attractive um and it's like I can't move my arm properly. I've still got the scars. Like, it's not. It's not over. No, I've still got ten years of medication and like all these things that I'm now going through the menopause. Yeah. And when I finished all these tablets, I've got to go through the natural menopause because I'm young as well. Yeah. Um. And it's all things that sort of like. I don't feel, I don't feel like myself anymore. Yeah. Um, and I said, I worked so hard, like after having my girls and I had postnatal depression um, and I worked really hard to like do the mindfulness and try and boost myself up, not have depression, not get down, think of the grass half full, like, and then everything I've been through has just pushed me into that when I worked so hard not to be there. Yeah. Um, if that makes sense. So, yeah, like I should be really happy, but it just doesn't feel over yet. Yeah, I understand that. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> it's an emotional subject. It's going to bring on some, some thoughts and some feelings. Yeah. You know, it's been going on now for, well, it's over a year since, well, is it probably close to a year that we first spoke, isn't it? Um, I was diagnosed in October. October, okay. I think it was just yeah. thinking, felt like it was probably, a nice weather. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. I mean, the day I found out my husband was having a like barbecue in the garden with his friends. Yeah. It was his birthday, actually, and I felt the lump for probably like, the 20th time yeah <laughs> um and i asked him to feel it and then two weeks later i was being checked out to a week after that i was diagnosed but it's it's been like nine months and it's just gone so quick yeah yeah well, so i was saying you know when you said about um the surgery being november was it november yeah yes Where's that time gone? You Where's know? it gone? Yeah. So, yeah, hopefully, say the next 10, it sounds like forever now, but the next 10 years will have a similar sort of feeling of it just kind of vanishing. Well, I kind of, I kind of don't hope so because I've yeah. got kids. You know what I mean? I well, don't want yeah, to. Yeah, but because, that, that aspect of yeah, it, you don't, but, you don't need to speed up. But. No, but like the medication and things like that, 
Yeah. 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 Never, never want to rush away the kids growing up. No. Watching them enjoy themselves and exactly, exactly. Okay, so what, what's your plans then for um, getting your BMI down? What are you, what are you looking at? Um, so I've got referred to Slimming World for 12 weeks. I'm currently doing that. Yeah. Um, see how I get on with that. I've sort of like cut out sugar, cut out any sort of fats. So I don't like have, I don't cook with oil or anything like that. I have yeah. sweetener now. I'm trying to steer off any like replacement um yeah slimming world's like eating a lot of pasta and potatoes and stuff like that if that doesn't Carbs. work out, yeah um if that doesn't work out then i think just smaller portions yeah for me and not snacking like crisps is a massive thing for me if i if i eat a packet of crisps it tastes so good that I then got to eat in like another three bags. <laughs> yeah, I know that. Um, yeah. yeah, and just steering clear of like the snack box. And if I do want a snack, then I'll have a piece of fruit. Um, Slimming World do these amazing little like bar things. Yeah. Um, which are really sweet and delicious. Like, so I can have one of them instead of eating the chocolate. Um, yeah. Also, my husband took out a gym membership for a year, but isn't actually going. So I've asked him now to see if he Transfer can change it. my name. Yeah. Um. So then I can go to the gym. The problem is I can't. I can't do anything with this arm at the minute. You know, I've yeah. I've got a lifetime of being careful with this arm now. Um. So yeah, it's mainly just like the walking and things like that. I can't. Yeah. Do much up top at the minute but yeah and I think now all the times before I've never really been that serious about losing weight but now I've got to do it to be yeah. able to have my breast back and I do want to have I do want to have that back yeah um yeah so my goal is really important to me this time yeah. if that makes sense but I don't want to lose too much weight I think at at that mark is where I feel my most comfortable yeah yeah, so I'm the same as I when I know like BMI is um, what's the word? It's it's not necessarily a decent representation for everybody, like with you know muscles or whatever else. You know, like for me, my BMI I think states for me to get healthy, I need to be like eight stone, somewhere between eight and twelve stone. Not yeah, no. If Mine I got nine, and I'm if like, I got to eight stone, I'd vanish. Yeah. You know, but my BMI is uh, I'm obese. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. it's it's I think it, yeah BMI can be a really negative thing if you just read that. Obviously, it says mm-hmm. you know down below it doesn't account for muscle mass, it doesn't account for this and whatever. Yeah. But if you were to just read that and say that yeah you know, I'm obese. Yeah. You know which. Clearly, I'm not obese. Yeah. And they, they want me, to, they, according to that, it's lose, I think it says like 4% to bring it down. But I kept doing that. I kept bringing it down that for like 4%. And I think it, to get into the healthy bracket was down to like 11 stone or something like that. I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, yeah. 
no i would no. i'd look I, ridiculous yeah i think it's really important to be comfortable in your own skin yeah like and i don't want to lose too much weight i don't like it like that like i just want to be comfortable yeah okay i'm not happy how i am now yeah. But I think even mine says I need to be between seven and nine stone. And I'm like, yeah. there literally would be nothing of me. Yeah. Yeah. Seven um, stone, not a lot. Yeah. So I think at the 30 BMI bracket is just where I want to be. Whereas, yeah. you know, I can't be any over that 30 BMI. Yeah. Um, I have to be below it or at 30. So, you know, just a load of hard work to, to get, to get there. there. Mm. you could do it yes you've, I you've, can. you've got that goal with a real reason yeah yeah it's always easiest when there's a real real reason yeah you know? like for me it was say always like competing or fighting or whatever it's like if you don't get to that level of fitness you're gonna lose yeah because you're not fit enough yeah you're so you'll strong. do it yeah yeah uh don't mind getting beat by a better person but getting beat because you couldn't be bothered to get fit enough is um, stupid my husband right? is just arrived home so if you hear awesome. any swearing <laughs> i apologize that's fine yeah it's all right we, we can we can uh, take it to an end anyway i think we've pretty much covered just about everything anyway but yeah. so again we'll, we'll crack it out your best bit of advice that you can give to any young ladies any young men um when it comes to checking yourself out um obviously always check i always did mine when i was in the shower just give your boobs a grab you bloats you know you still got to check your boobs and your balls and everything like that um and again, like I said last time, don't be scared of the doctors. Do you know what I mean? Like, I didn't want to get, I didn't want them seeing my boobs or anything like that. Yeah. But, you know, what could have happened if I didn't go? Yeah. Could have been so much worse. So, and I think just reach out to people. Like, I know people don't know who I am, but Leanne Tomlinson on anything. I do not care if like you reach out to me or you reach out to somebody else, but if you need to reach out yeah. and speak to people just for someone to be there, like don't go for it alone. And as well, I'd just say that if it does happen, you can do it. It's hard. It is hard. And I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy, but you know, you do get through it. It does go quickly. And yeah, I don't know. Just yeah, just check yourself out. Check, check yourself out. out. Just don't report be any different, any but, unusual finds. Yeah, like there's so many things. Like you can Google what you're looking for, what you're feeling for, different changes in your breasts, your balls, every everything. You can look it all up, and any changes like the color, dimpling um discharge like anything you've got to report it whether it's whether it's nothing or not you'd rather have it checked and know that it's nothing yeah than ignore it and you're in a worse situation and it can't be fixed yeah i think it's as well as a key point like we've been raising with our two kids as well to obviously to learn to know your body so that you are aware of any changes you know 
Mm. The sooner you make friends with your body, um, the sooner you'll be able to notice any changes as well. So I think that's, that's important yeah. as well for any any parents is obviously educate your kids about making sure they're aware of their body and changes as yeah. well and make sure they're not afraid to to talk and be open. Yeah, and be especially like from such a young age, you know, like these young girls who are already developing, like they need to, they need to check. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Which obviously I, now I've started teaching my kids. I never would have thought about it before. Yeah. But yeah, like you say, you just got to be aware of your own body and know when something's changed. And not be embarrassed. Yeah. 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 We've all got bodies. Doctors said everything. Um, exactly. so yeah to make sure make sure we're having a good old feel of ourselves make sure we do speak to doctors about anything that we find unusual that's not normally there um yeah. any unusual aches pains like you say discharge obviously don't be embarrassed doctors in it all going mm-hmm. i get it checked out um and i would say if you're feeling down then just let it out and make sure you find someone to talk to yeah because now when i break people oh god what's going on yeah like because i've put too much of a wall up but i think you just gotta let it let it out i think holding on to holding on to like emotion bad thoughts mental state and not sharing not letting it out is possibly one of the one of the worst things for you bottling up just leads to filling that bottle and uh the cap flying off at some point so uh, yeah yeah. Speak to people, share, reach out. Um, but yeah, thanks for talking to me again anyway and about sharing yeah. your story and everything you've been going thanks through. Me. Oh, you're welcome anytime, obviously. We'll have a, have a get together sometime soon. And uh, Yes, we will. Get all the kids together. Yeah. Eat some healthy food. Yes. All right. Well, thank you very much for speaking to me. Um, I'll make sure um, I put all your information on here as well so that everyone can come find you and follow you and reach out to you if they feel the need. Um, yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And I'll speak to you again soon. Thank you very thank much. You.